to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, welcome to another episode on podcast Freshly Forever. We asked several experts to share their thoughts on how we could use innovation to solve real world problems. Here's what they had to say. I asked Neha Shukla, New York Times featured inventor, best-selling author, AI ethicist, and UN speaker on how we could build an innovation ecosystem. Your role in empowering Gen Z to create tangible solutions. To that end, you started Innovation Corner. Why did you feel the need to create something like that? And I know you talked a little earlier in the show about uh, how people feel, you know, like, okay, they are with ideas, but they are not, they just need some help. And also, even with your own journey, who was your motivation or your biggest help? That's a really great question. So I think I started Innovation Corner because I wanted to, and, and as you said earlier, I think I'm in a really lucky situation in terms of how supportive I look at the supportive environment that I'm in. And I want mm-hmm. to be that supportive environment for a lot of other students around the world who might not have um, mentorship or who might not have uh, a school with a lot of resources. And so being that guiding force for students in terms of providing that innovation framework, providing the mentorship and the support and resources to innovate. That was a huge thing for me. And, you know, being that guiding force was something that I was really excited about. I went through a program called Girls with Impact, which is a um, an online business and entrepreneurship academy, also uh, right in the beginning of COVID. And so going through that program also helped me realize um, all the, you know, ideas and the vision that I had for Six Feet Apart helped me realize that and bring it out uh, into the world, which was amazing to see. So Jen, Jennifer Openshaw is a huge mentor to me and really mm-hmm. supports me in all the things that I'm doing in terms of a, both in terms of a business aspect and, you know, getting the word out there, but also in, in a personal way. So she's a really huge mentor for me. And of course, my parents, they're super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers in school as well are really, really uh, great inspirations. But then again, looking at big companies who are doing remarkable things in terms of utilizing AI to solve problems or, you know, thinking of ethics in situations or, you know, using the latest technologies to be a force for good in our communities, instead of just looking at the economic side of things, focusing on helping people and making their side of the world a little bit better. So, that mm-hmm. also really inspires me just to see big companies doing great things and supporting communities. Like in terms of where to begin, what to do? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is a lot of, like my generation, we don't know where to start. We have that mm-hmm. passion. We have those ideas. We're ready to do something. We're ready to make that change, but we don't know where to start. So I think when students just are unsure about innovation. They just sign up for a workshop and then they had they experience just a huge shift in their perspective. And it's really empowering to see that as a teenager, yes, you can be a problem solver. Yes, you can be an innovator. 
And it's just amazing to see that. I think um, that first step is so, so crucial because once you get there, the, the rest is just part of that amazing journey. And a lot of times you don't even remember how you stumbled upon something or how you uh-huh. decided that you're going to take that first step because it's so, it's such like a, it's almost like half a second. And then you realize like, okay, this is what I want to do. And once you're past that first step of deciding that I want to be a problem solver, I want to solve this problem. I'm passionate about this. And once you get there, the rest becomes such an amazing journey. And there are so many people and so many companies ready to support young people who are innovating, mm-hmm. young people who are solving problems. So my message to everyone is just take that first step because the journey will be so rewarding. And having that you know, innovation framework to guide you is just the best way to start finding mentors, finding support, and really just getting involved with problems that you're passionate about in your community. Personally, um, I've never actually taken a computer science course in my school. I've like mm-hmm. not had that opportunity. So all of the stuff that I've, you know, learned is all self-taught. Um, I learned, you know, AI, microprocessors, building software and hardware, all of that individually on my own outside of school, outside of, you know, my parents' help or anything like that. So I think the biggest thing for me was starting, um, I guess, igniting that spark with YouTube videos and um, watching keynotes at different places uh, on YouTube, whether that's like yesterday was the Apple WWDC, which was awesome, a worldwide developers conference. So just mm-hmm. watching things that are available to you to spark your interest. And then again, building up that complexity. So then reading Science Daily articles, I would love reading um, MIT tech review articles. I get their newsletter every morning. Um, mm-hmm. And having, you know, surrounding yourself in a really information-rich environment, but also kind of blocking out some of the noise. And we really live in a very noisy world. So figuring out what you want to focus on is really, really important. So starting off with, you know, basic YouTube videos, basic books, and then going on to reading articles. And the biggest thing for me is just online courses, doing mm-hmm. online courses and learning how to um learning how what even AI is and then having courses, technical courses and how to program an AI, how to build an algorithm, how to, you know, optimize it, all these different things. And there's so many online courses available on the internet. So I think mm-hmm. there's such a rich bank of resources for us as young people, but also adults and companies and parents. There's so many resources. So definitely just not being afraid to type how to learn AI and in, in Google, mm-hmm. or like AI courses or blockchain courses, nanotechnology. There's so many tools and technologies. And what I try to do in my workshops too is, you know, introduce students to things that they maybe had never thought were possible. Mm-hmm. Because in schools, again, even in school computer science courses, it's mostly just HTML, Java, or CSS. And mm-hmm. I think there's so much out there in the world in terms of emerging technologies that our generation can leverage in terms of solving problems and creating that positive change. So I'm always, you know, encouraging students to check that out. There's so many online courses, which were definitely my biggest help. Okay. And where do you see society going as far as building an innovation ecosystem? That's a great question. I think the most important thing for us right now 
with all the problems that we're seeing in the world, with all the things that are happening, we need a lot of rapid changes. And the best way to do that is with a really rich innovation ecosystem. We need to foster ingenuity and problem solving and innovation. And Mm -hmm. I think this is an all, we need an all hands on deck approach to, to solving these problems. We don't need, it's not just companies that should be solving these problems. It's companies, adults, parents, students, young people are such a essential part of the equation of solving real world problems. And when you create an innovator at a young age, not only are they going to be solving problems as a young person, they're also a problem solver for their entire rest of their life. So mm-hmm. as an adult, they could be creating a life-saving device or life-saving technology and creating that ecosystem where we have this pipeline of young people becoming innovators, solving problems, and then in turn, the world is becoming a better place. That's really what we need to see. And my vision for the next I don't know, 10, 15 years is having a world where everyone is empowered to solve problems and Mm -hmm. able to solve problems faster than problems are occurring. And there will always be new problems and there will always be the next big challenge that we all have to come together and solve. But we need to have this pipeline where it's really possible to solve these problems in a quick way and just be able to create that positive impact on the world and have this collective effort to solve those problems. Next, we have Rachna Nath, a time innovative teacher, entrepreneur and speaker telling us why connecting learning to real world concepts is so important for students. How much is scientific inquiry significant when it comes to kids learning and developing themselves? I think the biggest Thing that a teachers can do by is um, connect concepts to things that are happening in their own daily lives. You know, when I teach photosynthesis, I do not just go in and write the equation on the board and I just try to make it relevant for the students so that, you know, that inquiry process starts with the students even before they, the content is taught. They understand why they're learning the concept. Because if we can connect all of those content to real life situations and scenarios, I think the kids will understand it better and they'll understand the relevance of it and do well. I think at this point, even for math concepts, just teaching them as math concepts is not important. Give them as a problem give them design challenges that can incorporate not just math, but biology, physics. It can, it needs to be more integrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I feel. And I Correct. love this echo clamp thing because it's an AI powered sustainability stuff, which helps you decipher between recyclables Recyclable. and non-recyclables, right? Exactly. So why don't I have you talk about all these innovations and patterns and also your role in the community in general as far as preserving the environment. For all of these projects, one of the basic things that my students have done is understood that there is a problem, a problem related. Um, so, And with EcoClam, primarily the project came out of, you know, the students saw that a lot of students did not care whether they were throwing their garbage or recycled. So they decided that they're going to build this clamp that's going to get into recycle bins. And then if anybody wants to come and throw it in a recycle can, which is not recyclable, it's going to spit out and saying, nope, 
put it in the trash. So very simple concepts that we can actually implement in every schools and colleges and, you know, everywhere. So that was that. Stephanie SP is the author of STEM Gems and founder of Math SP. Here's Stephanie's take on closing gender inequality in STEM so we can create more problem solvers. Certainly, project-based learning is becoming more and more common in the different schools. You know, that's definitely the, the way we want to go where where you are taking something that's real world, something that's happening currently, something that the kids care about, and you're figuring out how you can apply math and science to that real world world problem. So, you know, I like the idea of surveying kids, you know, okay, what do you guys care about? What problem in the world would you want to see, would you want to help um, solve? You know, what bothers you? What keeps you up at night? What keeps your parents up at night? And then just have them throw ideas, you know, whether it be homelessness or, or poverty or climate change or whatever it is they care about. It could be something global or something more local, more community-based. So then once you have a chance to survey the students in your classroom and understand what they care about, what their concerns are, then that's, you know, the topic of a project that you can use to um, incorporate different modes of learning and around that project. So that becomes a central theme that all the learning revolves around. So I think that, again, that's a very, I think, more, more and more common practice in schools and becoming more mainstream. And getting the student input is particularly important, I think, for them to really latch on to it. You know, that's not always the case because teachers, you know, plan ahead and they have um, have things in mind that match up to the curriculum, match up to the standards. But whenever possible to give students either options or to let them choose, that's um, just a great way to get them really engaged in learning and also connect what they're learning to something that they care about. Wonderful. Yeah, right there you brought out several things, right? Homelessness, poverty climate crisis so much. And I think even this whole climate crisis, it's like a bigger piece of a puzzle, which has so many other components around it, like gender inequality, poverty, everything, you know, because lack of education is contributing to that in some way as well. What is it that you're seeing, Stephanie, even today, when it comes to gender inequality in STEM? And how better can we address that? The most recent stat is that 16% of engineers in the workplace are women. 16% are women and under 6% are women of color. So there is a definite inequality, gender gap in engineering and it's them in general, especially for women of color. And so that is really why I do what I do because I am one of those 16%. And I am one of the 6%, under 6% women of color. Um, And so it's critically important that we set up initiatives early on to get girls interested in math and science and STEM, particularly those careers that are changing the world and those careers that are, are just underrepresented by women and people of color. So I think there's a huge opportunity. Yeah, the numbers are not where we want them to be. And so there is work to be done on all levels to to help close the gap, to help bring more girls 
and women into STEM careers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we want to see few years down the line, that 16% becoming at least 40% where, you know, there's that much involvement of women in STEM, how better can we tap into student potential and get them going in the right direction? Well, so the more opportunities, the more touch points you have with, with students and girls early on and often the more interest develops and that develops over time. So so continuing to ignite curiosity and continuing to expose girls in particular to a wide range of opportunities in STEM and giving them different project-based learning activities to connect to things that they care about. Those are the ways to really change these numbers and to um, help them to understand how STEM careers really do impact the world. So how then do you empower that population? Those It's a lot to, to unpack. <laughs> Another challenge outside of having a solid foundation in math and science is not knowing the opportunities that, are, that exist. We've all heard that phrase, you can't be what you can't see. You won't be what you don't see. So for a lot of girls, they can go well into their adulthood before they even know the opportunities. So it's, it's all about making sure they know early the different careers that are available for them and that they have role models in those careers. And so STEM Gems is about giving girls role models and early exposure to STEM careers and to women in STEM, increasing the visibility of women that are currently working in STEM. So they are in the limelight. They are highlighted and recognized so that they can serve as role models and mentors to the next generation. Um, So the STEM Gems book shares the stories of 44 phenomenal women in 44 different careers because it shows the breadth of careers and it also shows the breadth of women that have pursued these careers. And it really appeals to so many different types of girls and, you know, they can find themselves in these stories and then they can adopt new role models they didn't even know existed. So it's it's just giving them a whole new set of women to look up to that are not mainstream. You know, you're not going to turn on your television and, and, or look on the cover of a magazine and see these women, but you will open this book and you'll see them and you'll learn more about them and their work and what they do and how they change the world and their advice. And you'll walk away, hopefully inspired and empowered to pursue a STEM career similarly to Uh Our next guest, Sarah Syed, is a UN Habitat Youth Advisor, speaker, top 20 under 20 youth, and her role in advocacy and innovation to solve climate crisis deserves special mention. Here's Sarah. You're trying to strive for a better sustainable future your um, projects. You have an AI-based transparent rotating solar cell initiative, IoT in agriculture to reduce water consumption, 3D printed biodegradable coffee pot, and then you're also focusing on the future of food and the room for growth there. So why don't you talk about all of your technology initiatives? Of course. So I really am passionate about technology, most specifically in the nanotech, material science, and the AI space. Um, and so 
a lot of those projects are actually projects that I'm working on right now. So for example, the AI-based rotating solar panel. And really what led me to work on this project was the fact that most solar panels today only have an efficiency of 22%. Yeah. Um, and so really, um, I think that with nanotechnology, especially like graphene quantum dots or perovskites, um, we can increase this efficiency significantly. Um, so that's something that I'm working on. And as well in terms of the biodegradable coffee pods, I actually worked in grade nine a, on a project to design a biodegradable plastic made from sort of, again, peels. So banana peels and potato peels. And the key in making any biodegradable plastic is having this higher starch extraction rate. Essentially, what ended up happening was... Um, in this project, I was able to design a small little prototype. Um, and so right now what I'm trying to do is design a proposal to take this small prototype to a uh, much, much larger opportunity, which is the 3D printing space, because um, the 3D printing space is only growing and um, it can really provide a lot of different opportunities. So one thing that I was really interested in is designing biodegradable coffee pods, because sometimes when we go make coffee in our like beautiful coffee machines, um, the, the coffee pods are not um, biodegradable, so they're made out of plastic. Uh -huh. um, and sometimes as well, that plastic, even though it is recyclable, a fun fact that I recently learned after doing a lot of research was that um, some stations, let's say wherever you're from, for example, in Toronto, some recycling plants in Toronto, they don't actually recycle that that number of plastic. Um, so let's say, let's say it's number five. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we end up throwing it with the regular garbage right i mean like um, more as a rush aspect or convenience aspect or lack of you know like a recycling mechanism or whatever that may be um and so what's really important is to make sure that um you know with this project i want it to be biodegradable um so that this way um there is no sort of eco-negative impact. Um, and so that's a project where I'm trying to design also like a 3D printable PLA because PLA is a type of plastic as well. And if we can design a biodegradable 3D printable plastic, then this means that a lot of our items that we use every day um, can be made um, using a biodegradable plastic. Um, so that's one of the projects that I'm working on. And I'm also really interested in the future of food. So, you know, cellular agriculture, uh, aquaponic farming, and all of that really interesting tech space in terms of our food, food system. So that's something that I'm learning more about. Did you realize you could turn trash to trashers using food waste? That's precisely what Dianath, international best-selling author and founder of Oxyblast, did in her innovative efforts towards a sustainable planet and living. The creator or the innovator of Oxyblast, you know, like which is like full of flavonoids and superfoods. How uh, did you formulate it? One. So let's start off with what flavonoids are. Flavonoids are plant metabolites. They're found mostly in fruit peels and like I said, in plants. Mm -hmm. And... They are thought to have numerous health benefits, like they're good for your skin, they're good for your they're good for your digestion, they're good for hair health as well. They're really good for your body and just incorporating them into your diet is just a must to have a better 
better lifestyle. So, um, so to reap the benefits of flavonoids, a lot of people like to peel their vegetables and fruits. And that's, mm-hmm. where, that's where most of the flavonoids are. That's where 30% of the nutrients of the fruit itself is in the peels that they discard. Mm-hmm. Also, there are different parts of the fruits, like, for example, the core of an apple or the, the inside of an orange that might have extra fiber or nutrients. So I wanted to implement those into my product and taking fruits and vegetables and implementing them into a powder, powdery substance. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be something that could be added to smoothies, soups, teas, and you can even add it to non-edible products and mm-hmm. put it on your face, like a face mask. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came up with Oxyblast. Okay. Uh, what would be your advice to young innovators like you? You have come up with Oxyblast. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your advice for them to be successful and for those that may not even realize that they have some ideas that they can bring to the forefront, right? What would be your advice to those kind of young innovators for them to be successful? So first, I think would be really believing in their why. Mm-hmm. Why Why are they doing this? Um, why does this interest them? Um, what is What is your story behind it? So believing in your cause, what are, what are you looking to change in society with this, with this goal? What are you, what are you looking to change about yourself as well? Because you, you want to learn from your own experiences as well mm-hmm. as others. So th- just considering those questions, why am I doing this? How will it help society? Um, what is my story behind it? Think about those and nobody will be able to take that away from you. They cannot pick at you and say that didn't happen because you know it happened and that is that's your goal nobody can take your goal away mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. listeners i hope that has ignited your curiosity and passion to innovate and want to solve real world problems as always follow the podcast rate the podcast and leave a review from your podcast app of choice and follow me on Instagram and YouTube at YP Kumar. That's V-A-I-P-K-U-M-A-R for all things digital media and lifestyle. Until next time with yet another interesting guest and yet another interesting topic, it's me Y saying so long.